Chapter 12 of Freaks on the Fells Three Months Rustication Story 1 by R. M. Ballantyne This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 12 Found We left Mr. Sudbury and his children in the nearly dry bed of a mountain torrent, indulging the belief that matters were as bad as could be, and that, therefore, there was no possibility of their getting worse. A smart shower of rain speedily induced them to change their minds in this respect. Seeking shelter under the projecting ledge of a great cliff, the party stood for some time there in silence. "'You are cold, my pet,' said Mr. Sudbury. "'Just a little, Papa. I could not help shuddering,' said Lucy, faintly. "'Now for the brandy,' said her father, drawing forth the flask. "'Suppose I try to kindle a fire,' said George, swinging the bundle containing Jackie off his shoulder and placing it in a hollow of the rocks. "'Well, suppose you try.' George proceeded to do so, but on collecting a few broken twigs he found that they were soaking wet, and on searching for the matchbox he discovered that it had been left in the provision basket, so they had to content themselves with a sip of brandy all round, excepting Jackie. That amiable child was still sound asleep, but in a few minutes he was heard to utter an uneasy squall, and then George discovered that he had deposited part of his rotund person in a puddle of water. "'Come, let's move on,' said Mr. Sudbury. "'The rain gets heavier. It is of no use putting off time. We cannot be much damper than we are.' Again, the worthy man was mistaken, for in the course of another hour they were all so thoroughly drenched that their previous condition might have been considered by contrast one of absolute dryness. Suddenly a stone wall topped by a paling barred their further progress. Fred, who was in advance, did not see this wall. He only felt it when it brought him up. "'Here's a gate, I believe,' cried George, grubbing about. It was a gate, and it opened upon the road. For the first time in many hours a gleam of hope burst in upon the benighted wanderers. Presently a ray of light dazzled them. "'What? Do my eyes deceive me?' "'A cottage?' cried Mr. Sudbury. "'Aye, with a witch inside,' said George." why it's old no impossible yes it is though it's old moggy's cottage hurrah cried fred old moggy's dog came out with a burst of indignation that threatened annihilation to the whole party but on discovering who they were it crept humbly back into the cottage does she never go to bed whispered george as they approached and found the old woman moping over her fire and swaying her body to and fro with the thin dirty gown clinging close to her figure and the spotlessly clean plaid drawn tightly round her shoulders good evening old woman said mr sudbury advancing with a conciliatory air it's morning retorted the old woman with a scowl alas you are right here have we been lost on the hills and wandering all night and glad i am to find your fire burning for my poor daughter is very cold and much exhausted may we sit down beside you 
No reply, save a furtive scowl. What's that? Asked Moggy sharply, as George deposited his dirty wet bundle on the floor beside the fire opposite to her. The bundle answered for itself by slowly unrolling, sitting up, and yawning violently, at the same time raising both arms above its head and stretching itself. Having done this, it stared round the room with a vacant look, and finally fixed its goggle eyes and mute surprise on Moggy. The sight of this wet, dirty little creature acted as formerly like a charm on the old woman. Her face relaxed into a smile of deep tenderness. She immediately rose, and taking the child in her arms, carried him to her stool, and sat down with him in her lap. Jackie made no resistance. On the contrary, he seemed to have made up his mind to submit at once, and with a good grace, to the will of this strange old creature, to the amazement as well as the amusement of his relations. The old woman took no further notice of her other visitors. She incontinently became stone deaf and apparently blind, for she did not deign to bestow so much as a glance on them, while they circled close round her fire and heaped on fresh sticks without asking leave. But she made up for this want of courtesy by bestowing the most devoted attentions on Jackie. Finding that the young gentleman was in a filthy as well as a moist condition, she quietly undressed him, and going to a rough chest in a corner of the hut, drew out a full suit of clothing, with which she speedily invested him. The garb was peculiar, a tartan jacket, kilt, and hose, and these seemed to have been made expressly for him they fitted so well although quite clean thin threadbare and darned the appearance of the garments showed that they had been much worn having thus clothed jackie the old woman embraced him tenderly then held him at arm's length and gazed at him for a few minutes finally she pushed him gently away and burst into tears rocking herself to and fro and moaning dismally Meanwhile, Jackie, still perfectly mute and observant, sat down on a log beside the poor old dam and stared at her until the violence of her grief began to subside. The other members of the party stared, too, at her and at each other, as if to say, What can all this mean? At last, Jackie began to manifest signs of impatience, and pulling her sleeve, he said, Now, gunny lollipops? Old Moggy smiled, rose, went to the chest again, and returned with a handful of sweetmeats, with which Jackie at once proceeded to regale himself to the infinite joy of the old woman. Mr. Sudbury now came to the conclusion that there must be a secret understanding between this remarkable couple, and he was right. Many a time during the last two weeks had Master Jackie, all unknown to his parents, made his way to old Moggy's hut, attracted thereto by the splendid lollipops with which the subtle old creature beguiled him, and also by the extraordinary amount of affection she lavished upon him. Besides this, the child had a strong dash of romance in his nature, and it was a matter of deep interest to him to be a courted guest in such a strange old hovel, and to be fondled and clothed, as he often was, in Highland costume, by one who scowled upon everyone else, excepting her little dog, with which animal he became an intimate friend. Jackie did not trouble himself to inquire into the reason of the old woman's partiality, sufficient for him that he enjoyed her hospitality and her favor, and that he was engaged in what he had a vague idea must needs be a piece of clandestine and very terrible wickedness. His long absences during these visits had indeed been noticed by his mother, but, as Jackie was in the habit of following his own inclinations in everything, and at all times, without deigning to give an account of himself, 
it was generally understood that he had just strayed a little farther than usual while playing about while this was going on in moggy's hut george had been dispatched to inform mrs sudbury of their safety the distance being short he soon ran over the ground and burst in upon his mother with a cheer mrs sudbury sprang into his arms and burst into tears mrs brown lay down on the sofa and went into quiet hysterics and little tilly who had gone to bed hours before in a condition of irresistible drowsiness jumped up with a scream and came skipping downstairs in her nightgown safe mother safe and jacky safe too all of us oh i'm so thankful no not all of us said george suddenly recollecting peter mrs sudbury gasped and turned pale oh george quick tell me poor peter began george please sir i've been found said a meek voice behind him at which george turned around with a start still supporting his mother mrs brown perceiving the ludicrous nature of the remark began to grow violent on the sofa and to kick a little then mrs sudbury asked for each of the missing ones individually sobbing between each question and at each sob tilly's sympathetic bosom heaved and mrs brown gave a kick and a subdued scream then george began to tell the leading features of their misfortunes rapidly and mrs brown listened intently until mrs sudbury again sobbed when mrs brown immediately recollected that she was in hysterics and recommenced kicking but where are they cried mrs sudbury suddenly i was just coming to that they're at old moggy's hut drying themselves and resting oh i'll go down at once take me there accordingly the poor lady threw on her bonnet and shawl and set off with george for the cottage leaving mrs brown now relieved from all anxiety kicking and screaming violently on the sofa to the great alarm of hobbs who just then returned from his fruitless search my son my darling cried mrs sudbury as she rushed into the cottage and clasped jacky in her arms she could say no more and if she had said more it could not have been heard for her appearance created dire confusion and turmoil in the hovel the lost and found wanderers started up to welcome her the little dog sprang up to bark furiously and repel her and the old woman ran at her screaming with intent to rescue jacky from her grasp there was a regular scuffle for the old woman was strong in her rage but george and fred held her firmly though tenderly back while Mr. Sudbury hurried his alarmed spouse and their child out of the hut, and made for home as fast as possible. Lucy followed with George almost immediately after, leaving Fred to do his best to calm and comfort the old woman. For his humane efforts, Fred received a severe scratching on the face, and was compelled to seek refuge in flight. End of chapter 12. Recording by Pete McKelvin.